1: body that we have sin still dwells in the members of our body so deep inside in our heart of hearts God has done a miraculous work we become a new creation in Christ Jesus we have a desire to please God to live a righteous life only problem is this body and the desires of this sinful nature that lives in the members of my body and here's the result here's the result You get some Schizophrenic.
0: You were created to honor and bring glory to God with your life, and the decisions you make every day. Sometimes the choice between righteousness and sin is a hard one to make, and you're not the first one to struggle with it. Today, Pastor Danny's going to show you that even Paul struggled with the constant battle inside between right and wrong. Both powers are at work in you, and God wants you to be able to continually make the right choice to follow Him, no matter how hard it is to make. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Romans, chapter seven, as he begins his message, The Schizophrenic Christian.
1: Romans chapter 7, right now we're reading through the book of Romans. We're pulling a section from our reading each weekend and teaching on that. Romans chapter 7 is where we're going. And let me just kind of set it up for you for a minute. Um, Paul is talking here in this section I've chosen about his struggle in the Christian life. His struggle in the Christian life. Chapter 7 of Romans, verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual. He's talking about the Ten Commandments. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Now, that's not a cop-out. Hang with us and you'll understand what he's talking about. Verse 21. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work. In the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Then he concludes with this statement and question. What a wretched man I am! Exclamation point. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Paul's talking about his struggle in the Christian life. Becoming a Christian, a genuine Christian, makes struggle with sin more acute, more intense. I don't know how many have been following the live stream teaching, but last Wednesday night, I taught from Romans chapter one. And Romans chapter one is a downward spiral toward what's called depravity, depravity. And when I taught on that last Wednesday night, I started with what Paul gives us there in chapter 1, and I put it like this, suppressing the truth, suppressing the truth. You suppress the truth, you don't want to hear the Bible. You don't want to hear the Word of God. You're certainly not going to want to be at a Bible-teaching church. And the lifestyle that you live, you suppress the truth, and that's where a life of depravity starts. You're suppressing the truth. You don't want to hear the truth. And you continue on that path, what happens is ultimately you end up with a depraved mind. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter one, Paul says, if you continue on that path of suppressing the truth, right, then God gives you over to a depraved mind. Now, here's why I go back to that just for a moment in regard to Paul's struggle here in the Christian life. What I want to do, I end up not doing what I don't want to do I end up doing The struggle. The further down the path of depravity you go, before becoming a Christian, the easier it is to live an immoral lifestyle, the easier it is to live a depraved lifestyle. Because what happens over time is because you suppress the truth, suppress the truth, and then when God finally says, okay, you want to live that way? I'll give you over to that mind of depravity. And it says there in Romans 1, you not only continue to do those things that are displeasing to God, but you approve of those who also are living that way. It's a life of depravity. But now, something happens when you're genuinely saved or you become a Christian Old Testament, you can become a believer in the God of Israel. And something happens. Happened to me when I was 19 years old. A lot of you have heard me say it many times. Knelt in my front yard. Asked God to forgive me. Asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. Be my, be, become my Lord and Savior. And he did. He did. And a miracle, literal miracle happened. Inside. God did something on the inside of me because now I'm no longer suppressing the truth. I grew up knowing about God, knowing the truth of the Bible, the truth about Jesus, but I was living a depraved lifestyle. And so I was suppressing truth. I had a depraved mind to a degree. And then I received Christ as Lord and Savior. Then something happened. You can take that one down. God changed my heart. And when my heart was changed, affected my mind. Now we're coming back to Romans 7. But go backwards with me just for a moment to Romans chapter 2. A couple of statements in this section on the surface you might not understand. Maybe when you read it in your Bible reading, you didn't understand it. Let's go back over it just briefly. Romans chapter 2, verse 12. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. Talking about Gentiles who never heard about this God of Israel, never knew about the Ten Commandments he gave to Moses. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. There's the key. God's done something in their heart their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. And that's the kind of confusing part. All he means is thoughts accusing because to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to repent. That's clear, John the Baptist preached repent. Jesus preached repent, means to turn. You're turning from what? You know you're going the wrong way. You know you're a sinner and you turn and receive the Savior. And now, because of the work that God does in your heart, miraculously, your thoughts were accusing you, but now your thoughts have changed. Are you with me? Now even defending them. Verse 28, Romans 2, A man is not a Jew if he is the only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, A man is a Jew if he's one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Another statement you might not get on surface, but here's it is right here. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. What does he mean by that? You could have people looking at you, saying to you, uh, and saying to other people about you, if anybody's going to heaven, they are. They would have said that about Saul of Tarsus who became the Apostle Paul. He was A-plus in his religious achievement in life, but his heart had never been changed. He had never been what the Bible calls born again. A Jew, what's a Jew anyway? A Jew is not just one outwardly. God started the Jewish people from a man named Abraham. All Israelites trace their lineage back to Abraham. He's our father. And that's what they'll tell you. He's our father. He was the beginning of the Jewish people. And God revealed himself to Abraham. And key revelation was this. You're going to have a kid, but it's going to be a miracle child. When you and Sarah are too old to have kids, I'm going to come and I'm going to miraculously give you guys a child. And through him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It's the gospel. And Isaac is a representation and a type of the future seed coming from the lineage of Abraham. He's a Jew, he's the Savior of the world, he's Jesus. The Jewish people started with Abraham. God could have started any kind of people he wanted to, but the Jew, he's saying here, is the revelation of God comes through the Jew. Not because they're better than or because God loves them more. God chose Abraham, created the Jewish people, revealed himself to the Jewish people in the hopes that they would share their Savior with the world. Matter of fact, the Jews were chosen, and the Old Testament tells us they were the most stiff-necked people because God's displaying his grace and his mercy. Salvation. It's a work of God. And it's a work that affects your heart. The spiritual Jew is the one that gets it, the revelation of God, the Savior of the world. Abraham believed when God said, you're going to have a child, and God credited to him righteousness. Are you with me? Is that too deep? So, when you become a believer... In Jesus Christ, as I did when I was 19 years old, forgive me, Jesus come into my life. Circumcision of the heart. It's a surgical procedure. It really happened. And God gave me a new heart. And ever since that night, ever since that night, I now have had a desire to please God. I want to keep the Ten Commandments. I don't want to not see them. I don't want to not hear them. I hear them and I go, yes, that's what I want to be like. Only problem is, my wife keeps reminding me I'm not perfect. That's the struggle. Let me sum up this first point, this first section, this way. Here it is. When you become a Christian, when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, in your inner being, you become a new creation. But here's the problem and here's the challenge. The outer shell. The outer shell, the human body that we have, sin still dwells in the members of our body. So deep inside, in our heart of hearts, God has done a miraculous work. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. We have a desire to please God, to live a righteous life. Only problem is this body and the desires of this sinful nature that lives in the members of my body. And here's the result. Here's the result. You're schizo. You're schizophrenic. Years ago, when I was studying this and I taught on this years ago, and I realized the normal Christian life is schizophrenic. And if you're not, if you're not, actually, when I've taught on it years ago, I had people write me a little notes, sending me emails saying, I don't get that. I don't agree with that. Well, you're wrong. Paul, right here to say, I'm schizo. It's characterized by contradictory elements in my heart. And now that my heart's changed, my mindset is different. But my struggle is with this sin that still dwells in the members of my body. And so there's this battle going on every day between what I want to do to please God and sometimes where I fail. schizophrenic It's the normal Christian life. You can take that down. And so that's why... When Paul now, back in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Verse 25, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Now we know we're going ahead a little bit in the reading plan, but chapter 8, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that, get this, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully condemned. Met in us. Stop. Think about that for a minute. Paul, in his schizophrenia and in his struggle, and if you're the real deal and you've really been born again, you hate it that you still have to struggle and you hate it that you can't be perfect. Perfection is the glory of God and the sinlessness of Jesus Christ. And Paul in Romans chapter 3 says we've all sinned. We've all missed the mark. That's what sin means, missing the mark. And even though you've been made new on the inside the struggle because of the sin that still dwells in the members of our bodies, Paul needed to be reminded and here as he thinks to himself, wait a minute, who will rescue me? Thanks be to God. And he's looking forward to a new body, but he's also being reminded that his salvation and his righteousness is not dependent on his perfection and his obedience to the law is dependent on Jesus Christ, his perfection, and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Thought it'd be a little more rough on that one, but let me come back to it this way. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Actually, verse 21. I got it wrong, and I, we didn't... Oh, somebody did correct it for me. Thank you. Say this with me. You ready? Here we go. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Keep that up there for a minute. Go back with me one more time to Romans now chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and you go down to verse 21. But now a righteousness from God apart from law. Apart from law, has nothing to do with you obeying any of the Ten Commandments. Has nothing to do with your obedience to any kind of law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. God talked about it, gave examples of it in the Old Testament. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Chapter 1, Paul deals with the Gentile world. Gentiles would have read chapter 1 and gone, yeah, them dirty Gentile sinners. Then he gets to chapter 2, and he blasts the Jewish people. Then you're just as bad. And then he sums it up here in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Colossians tells us in chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, that he forgave us all our sins. And he canceled the written code that was against us and that stood opposed to us. Listen, by faith in Jesus Christ, I am just as righteous as Jesus Christ is righteous. I didn't say I'm Jesus Christ. Big difference. One of the things I remember from one of the professors in Christian college, when he explained justification by faith, and it was so good. It was so simple, but I never forgot it justification justified just as if I'd never sinned just as if i never sinned that's the righteousness we have by faith we have the righteousness of Christ because of our faith in Jesus Christ as our savior hallelujah normal Christian life schizophrenic struggle disappointment because I'm still not perfect but then the reminder My righteousness is not based on my perfection. It's based on my faith, my faith in Jesus Christ. And here's one of the ironies of the Christian life. The longer you walk with Jesus and the more mature you become as a Christian, the more frustrated you will be about wanting to be completely perfect and holy, and yet you can't do it. Now, it's not an excuse. That's the third section. We're going to get to it. But before we get to the third section, I hope you're encouraged that one day we're going to have new bodies. I'll be 63 next week. I know I don't look it, but I'll be 63 next week. Every birthday, you look in the mirror and go, you need a new body, especially when you get over 60. But not only with a new body, not age, it won't get COVID-19, it'll never get sick, it won't be threatened by death or any kind of disease. But in the new body, you'll never, ever struggle with sin again. Did you hear what I just said? You'll never, ever struggle with sin again. There won't be that schizophrenic thing anymore. It won't be a struggle to do what's right. You will do what's right. And you won't be a robot. And it's going to be one of the most amazing miracles of heaven. So, Struggle, schizophrenic, righteous, by faith. Last but not least, Romans chapter 8, the end of verse 3, and so he condemns sin and sinful man, verse 4, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. And I purposely stop mid-verse because the last part of verse 4 is this who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, God's law nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, therefore, brothers, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And here's how I've headlined this last section to kind of pull it all together. It is the practical reality of genuine Christianity. And this is it. Number one, you have the witness of the Spirit because you have a different mindset. Because my heart was changed, my mindset was changed. Colossians says, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Puts the mind and the heart together. I'm not bragging. You've heard me say it before, but I'm telling you the truth. I think about heaven every single day. Every single day. If you've truly been born again, you have a different mindset. This world is no longer your home. You are just passing through. It's a mindset because your heart has been changed. Second, the Holy Spirit not only gives you a different mindset, but now because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have confirmation by the Holy Spirit that you have a relationship with God. This is something you can't explain to somebody. You can't put it into words except to say that that I know I'm a child of God.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today as he continued to walk us through the books of the New Testament. From the life of Jesus and his ministry to how the gospel spread in the early days of the church, the New Testament books offer much insight into how we're supposed to live our lives now. They're not just an interesting story or a history lesson. These things actually happened. Is this New Testament Highlights series speaking to you in a personal way? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email and tell us what your experience has been as you've listened to these teachings. Our email address is info at That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, come join us and hear from Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. You'll find all the information you need on our website, ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Here at The Living Word, we value digging into Scripture in order to learn and to grow in our personal pursuit of God. So we hope you'll join us again next time as we continue teaching the Word and reaching the world. We look forward to the next edition here on The Living Word.